Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Let's go watch it in 2D. No, let's go watch it in 3D. But if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? God left us a spell to bring him back. And we messed it up. I definitely remember Dad having a top part. From Disney and Pixar. We only have 24 hours to bring the rest of him back. There's no magic. Like family. I'm escorting you home. I'm giving you to the count of three. Onward. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf. I have with me Krista. Hello. And Jake. Howdy. And welcome to the spoiler cast for Disney Pixar's Onward. If you have not seen the movie, this is your opportunity to pause the podcast and come back after you've watched it. If you don't care about spoilers, then continue on. This is your last warning. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Right, with spoilers, uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on Onward? Give a oh, just a quick overview. Uh, pretty good. Uh, it's uh, this is probably one of the best uh, Dungeons and Dragons kind of themed uh, movies I've ever seen. Uh, you know, this is light, and it's one of those movies that's like bright. You know, it's kind of modern day uh, uh, magical characters existing in. Uh, a world similar to ours, but not quite. Uh, it's a little bit retro because the tech seemed like it was the 90s, but they mm-hmm. used a lot of older tech, like 70s. And oh, I'm really getting off off track about what this movie's about. It's about two b- brothers going on a quest to to uh, resurrect their father for one day so they can meet him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it has a lot of interesting world building that's going on around that. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I don't know if you noticed in a couple of the shots, there are two moons in the sky, which mm-hmm. I found an interesting little detail. Oh, there were lots of nice little details. Uh, and the kind of the movie set, the, it's kind of structured like a D&D campaign, too, which may be part of why it's such a slow crawl at the beginning. Yeah, this movie is dreadfully slow. Uh, my screening, there were a couple of walkouts. That's disappointing. It's slow, but I would not walk out of this movie <laughs> that kind of slow. Yeah, but I, I, I felt for the parents, they probably had an ADD kid because the kid was like, I'm bored and it was running around the theater. Oh, uh, there was a Simpsons short that was before this. Um, what did you guys think of that Simpsons short? It was okay. I was a little, I was disappointed that it wasn't in 3D. As near as I could tell, it wasn't in 3D. There have been Simpsons shorts in the past that have been in 3D, but I don't think this was. No, this one, but this one was done, it was done in a flat uh, cell style, you know, black line animation like the TV show. So that I did appreciate. 
And it was a more universal than most Simpsons because I don't remember the movie, the short, having any dialogue, really. So anyone could watch this with, and understand what's going on. Uh-huh. And also, they probably don't have contracts with the voice cast. Well, they own Fox and Fox owns... Yeah, exactly. That probably hasn't been sorted yet. Uh, they had lots of nice little visual cues, which I couldn't believe they got away with in a Disney short. You know, like beer cans in the front yard and stuff like that. But hey, uh, Disney's now a PG-13 company, so your mileage may vary. Uh, and I noticed the Simpsons, a company logo, Gracie Films. It had uh, Mickey Mouse in the uh, audience, if yeah. you remember. Um, I think the reason probably is that they don't have the voice cast is just because they want to make it universal, that any language, they don't have to dub it for every, you know, it's just easier that way. Um, but, you know, this is not the Simpsons podcast. Um, I just wanted to mention that. But it was nice to see a, uh, it was nice to see a short that starred Maggie because it's been a while. Yeah. And it. Um, I was I was wondering if it was 3D, um, but I guess not. It's kind of disappointing. Uh-uh. So, um, in some ways, I felt like Onward was like Shrek to the future. Yeah. Um, where it was, you know, honest story and about all these magical creatures and just going to the future or present. Um, and I, I like the cast. I like the cast a lot. You have Chris Pratt here. Um, you have, um, can't remember his name, uh, Spider-Man, the current Spider-Man. Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, and the mom... I, not to get political on here, but she reminded me of uh, Amy Klobuchar, Senator. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go on a mystical quest to because they find a spell for their dad to come back to life, and they only get like half of them back, the bottom half. And um, I was surprised how much they were able to get out of having just the legs and the feet. And to the animation and having that communication between dad and son worked out. And it was kind of funny and cute at the same time. And it worked better than it should have. Oh, there are lots of cartoons that have the adult characters. You only see them from the legs, you know, the waist down. Uh, and even, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Cow and Chicken. Once they ki- they zoomed back and none of the adults had tops. They were just kind of hollow no no top it's just legs i mean it was freak but they took this kind of trope in in cartoons you know like tom and jerry you didn't see the adult uh, in the peanuts you just hear them go walk 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 uh they just took that idea of just the legs and ran with it i thought it was really clever and really put new life into a really old animation trope uh, now, one thing, I don't know if you guys caught this, they use a, a filmmaking uh, style that I really love. It's where they introduce a concept or an idea, and then later, later, later in the movie, they pay it off. And it feels like they really thought things through for a lot of things. Yeah, this, this is actually um, a pretty well-structured storyline. Um, um, like like that's like that Chekhov's gun concept of they mentioned the gelatinous cube early on and then it ends up showing up later on. 
Yeah. There was oh, I had only one problem with the cube. Okay, if this is a cube that dissolves everything, then why were there other bits of bone and armor in it still? I mean, I know why, because to make it visually interesting. But that but then I, but right now the fact that I'm nitpicking on that little detail just tells you how good this movie is. Yeah, I think it was just to that it destroys all organic material and maybe bones take longer or you know whatever. Yeah, I just think it was there to, for visual interest and to mentally make you think, "Ooh, dangerous!" Because I see bones and armor, so death and destruction. And you know they did this again and again, and I, I appreciated it. You know, it was like a time where the they get rid of the car, and then you know they use the brake or one of the characters gets the brake light, and then that's used yeah. to, you know, get a dragon <laughs> to, you know, yeah. away. And then that dragon, they alluded to the dragon a couple of times before, so it made sense when you actually saw it. You know, I, I really love that kind of thing where you get to see the payoff for things they introduced and later on it makes sense, you know? Yeah, and po yeah, pour one out for Guinevere. I did enjoy that the spells... It, it did take some time to get the spells working. Like it wasn't completely easy to do, and they referenced that at the beginning that it's hard, and that's something that is a trope in magical movies that casting spells is not easy, and you have to have skill. Mm -hmm. And but at the same time, it's kind of funny that like something that was so hard that most of society abandoned it. This dude learned in one day, basically. True. True. Uh, but you have to remember, if this society is, is mirrored on our own, most people today don't even know how to make Chex Mix or Rice Krispie Treats. And I could make them when I was three years old. So maybe it's just a simple fact that it's not that hard. It just is kind of hard, you know. <laughs> and You have to take effort and concentration and think. And I'm since I don't want to get added at for political reasons, I'm gonna not take that thought further. <laughs> it was interesting though that it was like a lot of uh, traditional ideas. It's like, oh, you gotta remember the past. The past is good, and you know, our, we keep forgetting the past. And I don't know if that theme was like if that was like a theme they were trying to get into that we're forgetting that, you know, traditional values or something. I don't know. It was kind of a weird message there. Well, no, it's a thing. We got to remember the way we did things in the past. You know, I, I agree with it a lot because we tend to, like, throw away technologies and stuff because sometimes the way we did things in the past are actually better than the way we do them now. Not everything. Uh, and I noticed they, their love of old tech, like uh, cassette decks and, you know, really into, you know, t uh, t tapes. Um, so the journey, the quest, I thought was really fun. Um, I, I was laughing a lot and the ending made me cry and it, it hit me hard. I was not expecting it to, I knew what was going to happen. You know, that eventually he's going to see the dad and that it looks like the time's going to run out, but how they actually delivered on it, I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. Well, when I saw the pictures of the dad, my first thought is, well, I now know what John Krasinski would look like as an elf. <laughs> Krista, do you got anything else you want to throw in there? I mean, so, like, the ending was actually 
Um, you know, I was fully expecting it to make me cry and it actually didn't really. Um, um, like, like we have this cute little twist where he has like this checklist of all the things he wants to do with his dad. And he realizes there are all the things he's done with his brother. I thought that was kind of cute, but, um, uh, it didn't like, that was the biggest emotional moment, I think. And it didn't really have, I don't know, maybe it's cause I'm an older sibling and not a younger sibling and I didn't get that as much, but, um, I think the payoff was mixed. Yeah. We so went on, like, on this journey with these brothers as a, as an audience and we didn't get to meet the dad. Yeah. Like, so, like, I think there's kind of, like, some sort of message hidden in that. Like, like, I feel like almost the payoff of this film is the fact that there isn't payoff. Like, the, the like, 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 that you explicitly don't meet the dad. That, like, you explicitly just see the dad from far away the same way the, 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 the younger son has only seen his dad from far away, has only seen him. Chance to meet his dad. Yeah. So a brother could get closure. Because I thought the scene when they talked about how his fourth memory never talked about was not appropriate to be talking about on a giant Cheeto. It should have been in the first part of the movie. Mm -hmm. It kind of of cut the scene when they're uh, going down the in the street, the river, in the tunnel, in the on the giant Cheeto, which got the biggest laugh in my audience. Mm-hmm. I think the theme that they were talking about was that he already had a dad. The father figure was his bigger brother, but we didn't really see that until the clips, you know, at the end. Which those clips could have been interwoven in the beginning, and we would have, you know, okay, you get more sense of who the characters were before you really get the sense where they are now. Um, because I didn't really like the big brother at the beginning either, but, you know, you warmed up to him, too. Like, I kind of, like, I get what they were trying to do. I just don't know. Personally, with me, it didn't land as well as I think it should have. Oh, man. My audience booed the ending. Oh, yeah? They were expecting Dad to live. And come back and be happily ever after. They I was also pissed. kind of expecting for them to get another day with him, but that didn't happen. Yeah, they were disappointed in the ending. There were some kids; they were crying, and they were. Uh, I mean, there were several f bombs dropped, and I mm-hmm. was like sitting there, going, uh, "I'm glad none of these people are sitting near me." <laughs> I know, like. Even before I went into this movie, my mom was like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to go see this movie? Because my dad died a couple years ago. So just knowing what the, the movie was about, like them trying to bring their dad back to life. My mom was like, are you sure you want to go see that? And I was like, yeah, I can handle it. Whatever. Um, but, you know, I'm very keyed into like the way grief is portrayed in movies. Um, um, more so than a lot of other people are, and I feel like it didn't land in this one. Uh, the only place it landed for me was with the older brother. I thought Chris Pratt 
really captured. Yeah, you can tell this is a guy that remembers what it's like to be a fat guy. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. He really captured that in his voice acting. You know, this is a guy that's shell-shocked from, you know, I knew there was something else going on with Dad and the payoff on the Cheeto when he says he couldn't go in and say goodbye to him, which is something I could really relate to because when my my dad died over a decade ago, uh, and it was a really long, drawn-out process. Yeah, uh, I guess it's weird that all three of our dads are dead because my dad died, and I, you know I had a similar situation in the hospital. I did say goodbye, but it was you know it was pretty hardcore, and I didn't need to be there for an hour. I was fine being there for five ten minutes, and you know I was able to have my goodbye. Um, so maybe that's I don't know. I, I did like it. I did like it overall. I kind of did like the. You know, you don't get the perfect happy ending. It's more grounded in that way. And I, I appreciated it. I, you know, it was good. It was, I was thinking it was going to happen, but in that subversion of my expectations, I was fine with because it would have been a little too cliche for me. But at the end of the day, we all like it the same. We all gave it an eight out of 10, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked it a lot, you know. I just thought I had some pacing issues and some other stuff. And oh, and let's talk about that dragon. When the school mascot became that dragon's face, I about lost it. That, that was, was so funny. Yeah, the cement that, dragon, yeah. Yes, I was dying. I was dying. Oh, and another scene that really got me was the manicure. Uh, when she's standing around what have I done? What have I turned my history into? I kind of think that, that reminded me. I wonder if Bob Iger says that looking around the Magic Kingdom before he stepped down. So that was a bear, a bat, and a scorpion together? Or what was that again? Well, I like this. Bird, which is lion, but it definitely looked for bear. But wait, what is a manticore? <laughs> like she, <laughs> she specifically mentions what it is, but I already forget. Yeah, because manticore is a is a, is a is a mythological species that doesn't show up that often. But the score, I, I remember scorpion because that paid off beautifully in the punch. Yeah, head of a human, body of a lion, and tail of of uh. A scorpion and venomous spine, similar to porcupine. Yeah, I've never heard of that creature before, but I'm not that into magical creatures. But yeah, the pawn shop was funny because the both the payoff and then you know the mom being sweet and actually paying it off and not just like taking the sword and be like screw that, you know. And then the fairies being biker fairies, it was fun and you know I could really relate to having problems driving and merging being terrifying when I was young, and I totally related to that. I could relate. I could relate to Tom Holland learning I to drive. I am in this this situation right now. I'm I'm I have I have to take my driver's test, and I'm so terrified. <laughs> oh, oh, my sympathies because traffic is so much worse now. Oh, you have my sympathies. Okay, cool. Uh, I guess that's a, a good uh, summary of our spoiler-filled thoughts on uh, Onward. Uh, I would definitely want more of this. I definitely would be happy if this became a Disney Plus TV show or if this became a sequelized um, franchise. I'm definitely game for this. There's a lot of things where this movie could go, you know, more magical, 
modern world. It's it's worth your time. It's original, for God's sake. It's not a sequel to something else, you know, or a remake or whatever. This is an original Pixar. <laughs> yeah, this is a better version of Bright than Bright. All right, Krista, do you have any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree. Go see it. Um, the, the magic, uh, what's interesting is the magic isn't really well established. So there's like a lot of magical rules that like, you know, maybe maybe they they could see their dad later on if they find another spell or something like that. So it's like there's a lot of open possibilities. All right. I guess that's it from us. Before this podcast wraps up, I want to thank my patrons. Thank you, Kano3D and Mr. Bingo5 for your financial support on Patreon.com. So that's going to be it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find 3D or 2D on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just look for 3D or 2D. Links are in the info box. If you want to send us listener mail, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. Thank you for either listening or watching this podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.